What up? This is Morris Hawkins returning to let you know that all past podcasts are available to listen to by visiting www.gamebanter.co.uk. Also Twitter, iTunes and Audioboom. That's futuristic. With more information here is my chick, my baby and my boo. Thanks babes. I have literally fallen head over wheels for you. Follow the Game Central podcast on Twitter at Game Banter. Also, at GC Lives Podcast for Rob. And at Uki, 3000 for Don. Remember you can also listen to all previous podcasts on the website. Enjoy the show. temperature for to keeping you warm and Gel, I want to be the one to shelter you from the storm oh lord yes shelter you from the storm indeed it's the game central podcast we are on the precipice waiting patiently as we prepare for the tidal wave of gaming approaching us metal gear solid the phantom pain forza motorball sports 6 fifa 16 mad max and a few unimportant expansion packs released earlier on in the week but we're not here to talk about expansion packs are we Gareth, what's your favourite ever expansion pack? Ever? Yeah. Uh, I like the... Uh, what's the one that goes in the front of the N64? That's a pretty good pack. That was a good uh, That was a good expansion. It was just memory, though. I'd say mine is probably Oblivion's Shivling, Shivering Isles, not Shivling. Uh, <laughs> that was amazing. One of the first truly next-generational expansion packs. Talking of someone who could do with an expansion of a few feet is our own little add-on, Don Goss. How are you doing, Don? <laughs> is he being sarcastic? I don't know. No, actually, funny. Um, I'm good, thanks, mate. Good. Been on holiday? Um, sort of, yeah. Wow, well done. Someone who expands in the gusset area upon choking a man out on Metal Gear Solid is our hairy bastard himself, Gareth Williams. How are you doing, Gareth? I'm good. My mother base is 700 strong. Wow, that's, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Uh, is there anyone you won't allow on your base? Well, <laughs> 700 is the maximum now, so when I pull on somebody back, it gets rid of whoever the 700th worst was in my base. So that's crap, basically, because that's just self-improving uh, itself, isn't it? Why is that crap? That's, well, that's what because, I want. No, because the problem is, obviously, if you fault on people you are sort of gaining an advantage by them not being knocked out on the battlefield to be found. But then if all they're doing is just replacing them with your shittest uh, uh, soldiers on the base, then that's not really you managing it, is it? It's just literally... You, you, I don't even want to talk about it because it makes me feel <laughs> sick. And finally, someone who has expanded a few inches around the waist due to a lack of exercise over the last year is none other than myself, Rob Walker. But <clears throat> news, news, news. We have nothing to lose. So let's get up on the groove. We have all the news from the gaming world this week, as well as some stuff that may not even be news. Depends what Gareth has included. So the news this week, Gareth. What do we have? Has it been a busy news week? Has it been a quiet news week? Let's delve into Gareth Pants and pull out anything that we find. Uh, There's been a news or two this week. Okay. Tell us a news. I'm going to give you a news. Um, Star Fox Zero 
for the Wii U, the uh, Star Fox game that looked terrible. Okay. That's been delayed until 2016. Might Yay. need it to be delayed, didn't it? Let's be honest. Which means Nintendo have nothing for the next <laughs> three months? I think, uh, Zelda, did Zelda get uh, pushed back? Yes, it did, as I rightly predicted. You did, you did. Of last year. Um, or was that Don on one of his no, hot No, it gossips? wasn't Don. Fuck you, Don. You're not taking credit for that shit. <laughs> Uh, they probably got some Splatoon DLC at some point and Amiibo RT, but other than that, like for the next six months, Nintendo have nothing coming out. Good. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's not their fault. I think what they're what they're doing is maybe Star Fox wasn't as strong as it was going to be that they hoped it was going to be. It, uh, it looks exactly the same as every other Star Fox ever. Yeah, graphically, um, it even looks similar to the N64. Apart from one. Star Fox Adventures. <laughs> apart from Star Fox Adventures, and yes, we, it does look like the exact same thing on the that Gareth just said. Thank you. Uh, well, the <laughs> Xbox 360 gets a major system update to help transition saves over to Xbox One. So all those people that have been bragging about uh, how they can play Gears of War 1 and Mass Effect on their Xbox One, uh, this is to transition your saves over when it all becomes backwards compatible, which will be very nice, but neither of you guys care. Um, Star Wars <laughs> Battlefront Del- Deluxe Edition comes with a Han Solo fridge. Uh, is it actually a hand solo fridge, Don, or is it just a tiny one? It's a small mini fridge. Oh, my God. About five or six cans of your favourite lager beer or other chilled beverages. Because you're such a lad when you're playing your games. Such a lad. Men drinking beer, because that's what they do when they play games. Beer in one hand, control in the other, because that's what we all do. How does that work? Beer in one hand, control in the other, penis in the other. Yeah. (laughs) Girlfriend on the other. Go on, Don! You got a girlfriend, Don. Girlfriend on your hand. It's a bit weird. Can you... she take it? <laughs> like three-inch okay. hand. I should hope. Yeah, so. probably. Yeah. Uh, have you yeah. seen this fridge, Rob? Uh, I haven't seen the fridge, Rob. It's, it's fucking a... awful. It's... Yeah, you... it looks like it's made out of play-doh at the front. It's just yeah. got a sticker. This front is just a sticker. Is it a sticker? Oh. I thought it was embossed. Or no, like, if it was, that'd be <laughs> awesome. It's just a fucking sticker of Han Solo in carbonite. That's terrible. That's not even a custom fridge. That's just a fucking sticker. No, eight yeah. three quid for a sticker. You can get um, proper full size fridge versions of Han in carbonite that you'll actually stick to your own fridge, yes. but that aren't stickers. That are actually three D model like things <clears throat> that you can stick on your fridge. Oh yes, yeah, well, that'd be uh, awesome. Like the day after you get it, you're up at midnight going to the fridge for a snack. And then yeah, it's the just Han Solo. You're like, Aah! and then Gareth you get an erection. Yes. Who would you like to have up against your fridge? <laughs> Paul Rudd, obviously. Fantastic. Oh, Is it Paul not Rudd. Tomb Raider? Uh, the Tomb Raider reboot is happening with Catherine Big Bigelow. 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 <laughs> is she Bam Bam Bigelow's sister? Yes. Uh, on the shortlist to direct. Now, are women normally allowed to direct films? Don. Uh. Well, they tried letting uh, Francis Ford Coppola's daughter direct a film, but then she made Lost in Translation, so no, women are not allowed to make films ever again. What? Well, there you go. That's Nothing not us being sexist. literally won an Oscar. <clears throat> it's, it's terrible. It won an Oscar because A, it was Coppola's daughter, and B, no. it was just this horrible, dreadful film. Okay, what you've done there is you just completely ignored what I said. <clears throat> it won an Oscar, didn't you say? No, Catherine Bigelow has won an Catherine Oscar. Catherine Bigelow, oh, okay. For The Hurt Locker. And Zero yeah. Dark Thirty was pretty good, which she also I've, directed. Yeah. I've watched the beginning of Zero Dark Thirty about four times and never got past the first half an hour of it. I just, I just can't. 
Anyway, don't if worry about it, Don. Podcast, uh... um, the thing is, obviously, Lara Croft, she's such a great uh, Babe. gaming heroine, yeah. uh, which isn't a drug. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, <clears throat> when they do make uh, Tomb Raider films, I think the problem being with Tomb Raider is there's never really been a definitive story, has there, running through the central line of all the games. They've either <laughs> been reboots or just some random island bullshit that Gareth hates because he's sexist. Um, so you could pretty much take the character of Lara Croft and put her into any kind of film because you're not going to be restricted to any kind of um, plotline running through it that you have to adhere to. Agree with me? Uh, yeah. But Thank isn't that what they're doing now? They're giving it a proper plot line and obviously, you know, she's progressing from one game to the next. Yeah, they're yeah, only but... looking for women directors as well, so they want a woman's take on this strong woman character as well. Which is... <clears throat> well, the first one, the prequel to this, not the prequel, but yeah, the first reboot was written, or well, at least in part, by Rihanna Pratchett, so... Umbrella, Ella, Ella, eh, eh, eh. Fantastic. Yep. Uh, right. Naughty Dog. Can just... I, sorry, just on the on one sorry, final Dom. thing. One final thing on Lara Croft. Can I mention that I met the woman who played Lara Croft? Can I mention which that? one? Neil McAndrew. The very no, Angelina the very, Jolie. No, there was a woman who played her first before her before like the very she was, very first. She had brown hair, didn't she? Yes. My, and oh, I that girl her, with brown hair. Yeah, that girl with brown hair. Um, I met her at a regatta once. And um, oh, what is a fucking regatta? <laughs> it sounds a, like something a woman puts on under her skirt. <laughs> It's a poncy name for a thing where a load of people with boats turn up. What was you even doing there? You don't even have a boat. No, I don't. But it was a local village thing where I lived. They had it because there was a river on the thing. Oh, anyway. that explains a lot that you come from a village. <laughs> I don't think you're a town person. No, right Your ears thing. are a little bit wonky. <laughs> I don't come from a village. It just happens to be. Like, um... <laughs> were they boats or were they like um, sort of just wooden canoes? And you, it was kind of like a ritual when you were sacrificing the poor woman. <laughs> um, I, no comment. Oh, um, but I like the top she used to wear. It wasn't like an all top. It was like PVC, wasn't it, Don? I don't know if she <laughs> yeah. was wearing that on the day. But when no, she was Lara not. Croft, she was wearing it. Well, the interesting fact that I was actually going to pull out is that she's the first woman I met who had fake boobs. Wow. Um, yep. Amazing, hey? Yeah, amazing. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, previously to that, I thought fake boobs were shit. Then I met her and instantly converted. Fake boobs are great. Well, but now you yeah, yeah. prefer natural ones, don't you? I, I mean, obviously, if you've got the choice, go for natural ones. But uh, there's nothing wrong with fake boobs. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Naughty Dog just accidentally confirmed The Last of Us 2. They didn't just accidentally. accidentally. So tell us about this, Gary. If you're someone that hangs around accidentally, did you pick this up? Uh, well, no, I didn't pick it up. Oh. Uh, but it, it was said... <laughs> By somebody, they did a live stream for the uh, Uncharted uh, Master Thief collection. Hey. Thank you for giving Dom um, And I'll, I'll read out the exact quote um, that someone from Naughty Dog said. He said, All the facial animation in the Uncharted series were led up by Eric. <laughs> facial. All the facial <laughs> animation in the Uncharted games and the first Last of Us. Uh, did I say the first Last of Us? The first Last of Us. The Last of Us. The first Last of Us. <laughs> the Last of Us was also keyframe animation. <laughs> Who's Eric? Eric Baldwin, lead animator of Naughty Dog. Obviously. Wasn't he? Wasn't he in a, a film? Eric Idle. There's, yeah. There's so a... many. No, there's there's so many Eric Baldwins, isn't there? There's oh, Eric Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. Yeah, but there was Eric Baldwin that was also in Flatliners and 
He was in uh, the West Wing. Yeah, there's about 4,000 Balkan brothers. Yeah, he could be one of them. They all basically do one really great film, and then they get fat and turn mental. That's what happens, mate, when you do That's films. That's happens to every single one of them. That's what happened to me. Oh, thanks for that, guy. <laughs> <laughs> what film was it? Uh, it was Lord of the Rings. I'm the Wait. hairy one. And the what? I'm the hairy one in Lord of the Rings. He's just oh, the hair. That, he, just, yeah. he was just the hair. He didn't play a character. <laughs> He's placed on top of Gimli's head. All oh, of yeah. the hair in, in the Lord of the Rings is Gareth. <clears throat> right, so PS4's 20th anniversary controller goes on sale in the UK. Yeah. Now, Dom, you may like to pick yourself up one of these because I can see that they're going to go for a pretty penny in the future. Are they limited edition? Probably not. But, no. <laughs> well, it says limited edition, but how much is limited nowadays? Because if you've <laughs> got <laughs> if you've got a thousand consoles, let's say, uh, out there, and you would release one, that's a limited edition. If you mm-hmm. have two thousand, you release two, that's a limited edition. If you've got four million and you release two million controllers, it's still a limited edition because it's limited uh, to the run. I don't think limited actually means limited anymore. Nope. Um, Grand Theft Auto Maker Rockstar. Games is angry with the BBC over the game changes. Now, did any of you guys see this? Fuck no. I I actually watched it with my fiance, um, and it was quite an enjoyable watch. You know, she, she I said to her, "Hey, darling, do you want to watch this kind of documentary uh, chart in the making of the Grand Theft Auto?" Oh, go away! Why would I want to watch that for? I said it's got Harry Potter in it. She went, "What do you mean?" <laughs> I said it's got Daniel Ratcliffe. Uh, he's in it and she was like oh okay we'll start watching it it was quite compelling viewing for someone that didn't understand it. it's kind of like you know when you're a child and you look at a biology book and it's like uh, a woman has got a, a vagina and a man's got a <laughs> penis and then the penis goes into the vagina but the man gets excited first which makes blood go to his penis which is called an erection and stuff like that News to me. Speaking of erections. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying, guys, is that was what the equivalent of this was. You know, we know about the hot coffee controversy, we know about it all, but it was a very simplistic portrayal of the events, very easy to follow, which I think is pretty good considering it was for a mainstream audience. So it was, oh, let's make a game, we're game developments, developers, oh, bad things are happening, here's a lawyer who doesn't agree with what we're doing. He's going to sue us and the victims of the situation. It was all very on the surface and it was all very blatant. Uh, but I think it was quite a good film, as in it wasn't hard to watch. It wasn't cringeworthy. It did what it set out to do. And, you know, my girlfriend went away understanding what happened during that time, which I think is what its aim was. It wasn't developed for us. You know, we've got things like that where we've got documentaries that delve deeper into all these sorts of stuff but this was for people that may have a passing interest in video game violence but may not necessarily be game players so i think the harshness it's getting is fair is unfair because it was never going to be an accurate portrayal and a biopic uh, look into the workings of rockstar because that's not what it was about it wasn't for us it was for a mainstream audience so what was rockstar's actual problem with it they're just saying it was unrealistic and totally wrong. I think, wrong. you know, it's a little bit more theatrical than probably uh, the actual real event was, but then I suppose it was probably quite mundane in itself. You know, a lot of paperwork, a lot of this, a lot of that. You know, it, 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 portray, it portrayed 
uh, Dan Hauser or Sam Hauser, no one knows which is which, <laughs> uh, which was Rad- Radcliffe's uh, character, is becoming quite obsessive, you know, not caring about his fellow work colleagues and kind of this dictatorial person. And, you know, he said it was all bullshit. But then we don't really know because Rockstar aren't the most open company, are they? So we can't go, oh, no, that's wrong. But then I don't suppose they've got much material to work on because Rockstar are so insulated and you're not going to get much information out of them. So either way, it was interesting. But again, it was very basic uh, journalism. Um, Super Smash, no, Super Mario Maker will soon make an appearance in Super Smash Bros. Now, that's probably got you rigid, Gareth. Uh, yep. Yeah. I, uh, I love a good level. I'm assuming it's free, because they don't mention anywhere pricing yet. Mm. So I'd hope it's free, but it looks cool. It's like the level, every single time you go on the level, it's brand new and random. Yeah. It's a different, like... Art style and stuff. It looks really cool. Thank you. Uh, something that doesn't look cool uh, is Jack the Ripper uh, as DLC <laughs> in Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Now, I think we were joking the other day. Weren't, not the other day. It was a few months ago. But when they announced London, we were like, oh, yeah, they can do Jack the Ripper. They can do this and that. But obviously Ubisoft being Ubisoft has probably just looked at London with a big general microscope and come out with Jack the Ripper, Pearly King and Queens sort of pie and chips, and it will just... Manchester United. Yeah, Manchester United, you know. <laughs> Jack the Ripper will probably be like, oh, I need to go and get some pie and chips with crumpets and tea, and I'm going to watch United tonight. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, it's it was something that was obviously going to happen, wasn't it? And a historical figure. You'll probably get to do Guy Fawkes as well uh, in November during Firework Night. <laughs> Well, that okay. is guaranteed now you've said it out probably. loud. Probably, <laughs> yeah, something like that. The Houses of Parliament, you're probably going to be the assassin and have to stop him from doing it. And, oh, yeah, that's how Guy Fawkes was actually stopped in history, wasn't it? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Resident Evil meets Call of Duty and multiplayer shooter Umbrella Corps. Or is it Umbrella Corps? I think it's, I think it's Corps. Corps. Yeah. Umbrella Corps. Uh, now, we all know that the core of an umbrella is not necessarily interesting, but... <laughs> What, I, having said that, uh, had I not played Resident Evil Revelations 2, I probably would have dismissed this with a dirty backhand. But <laughs> what I have realised since playing it <coughs> is indeed it is a very lovely shooter now. And, you know, could it work online? It could possibly work online. It's very solid mechanics. Uh, but the problem is, is it going to be one of these online-only shooters? Uh, it's a combination of first and third person action. Um, is it going to be? There'll be zombies. It's, it's going to be available in the early part of 2016, but it doesn't necessarily say which console it'll be in. No, it says it'll only be £25, though, so it's sort of a budget release. Which yeah, is interesting. Could... Probably just downloadable or some shit. Yeah, some shit. I don't know. Who's? Uh, I was going to say who's making it, but that was the most stupid thought I ever had in my <laughs> no, life. Kojima's Tom. making it, mate. Probably. Tom, I'm not being rude. Whoa. Yeah. But you are right because there are uh, <laughs> numerous companies, uh, numerous developers internal <laughs> with Resident Evil, uh, yeah. Capcom, which may be producing it. If it is the Umbrella, uh, the Revelations guys. Thank you very much. I'll have some of that. If not, no thanks. I like you, but it's just not going to work out. 
Uh, now for some sad MMORPG or whatever it is news with StarCraft 2 Legacy of the Void. Go on, Gareth. RTS. Oh, whatever. Who cares? I'm not crazy. Uh, got a release date, November 10th. Fantastic. <laughs> Your Tell us about it. Enthusiasm is palpable. Thank uh, you. It's the second expansion to StarCraft 2. The final expansion to StarCraft 2, by all accounts. Uh, you play as the Protoss, which are my race, so that's cool. There was a See, this is what I mean, Gareth. Don, that's his attitude to everything, isn't it? <laughs> yep, they're my race. Oh, you're my race, it's cool, oh, don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, oh, you're not my race, oh, I don't care. <laughs> that's why you get yourself in trouble, Gareth. Everyone knows what I mean. Um, yeah. Yeah, we do know what you mean. That's why it's a problem. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Blizzard released a cinematic, uh, which rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. <laughs> oh, God, so many jokes. Uh, what is the wrong way to rub someone, Gareth? Uh, against all the down, green. too hard, too fast. It's all about... Yeah, the... you know, some women do that. Women don't seem... They've watched too many cartoons or whatever, but it's all about the upstroke ladies. But I say that to her. I say, look, I've got. F- when you do it that hard, literally, I lose feeling in it. So it doesn't matter how long you're going to do it for, nothing's going to happen because I literally can't feel what you're doing. Oh, God. It's funny because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, nothing can follow that. going to try anyway. Uh, hi guys, it's Gareth here with your weekly video game music segment. Uh, this week, I've decided to take you back in time to 2003 when Nintendo put on a very special concert in Japan called uh, Mario and Zelda Big Band Live. Now you can find the soundtrack on YouTube, uh, plenty of places, you can even buy the album on Amazon and stuff, um, but it's a really, really cool performance, um, inspired by obviously Mario and Zelda, uh, with tons of music on there. It was, I think it was the same year or very close to when Mario Sunshine came out so there were some Mario Sunshine tracks on there which I think is a very underrated uh, Nintendo game. One of my favourite Mario games actually. I love Mario Sunshine. Um, but the track we're playing for you today is a medley of themes from Zelda from this uh, concert. It was live in front of an audience so there'll be some uh, clapping at the end. Uh, but it's a really uh, cool take on Zelda. Uh, you'll hear it in a minute, uh, it's less sort of epic orchestral, more sort of uh, upbeat, it's really cool. So, I hope you enjoy, this is a medley of Zelda themes from Mario and Zelda Big Band Live.
Now, as we were talking before, hopefully we haven't gone too hard and you still have some feeling uh, in your body. No, I don't even know what that was. That wasn't a link <laughs> to anything. I'm trying to go throw back to what I said at the end of the news, but it probably won't work because it would have been a while since I actually said it. So what have we been playing this week? Obviously last week, myself and Gareth were balls deep inside Metal Gear Solid 5, the Phantom Pain. Uh, we've obviously been playing that still because it's not a game you can just complete overnight. No. Gareth is obviously a stay-at-home mum, so he's able to play it for a lot longer. Uh, and I've been just having maybe an hour here, an hour there in the night, and I've been very, very sad about it because it is such a lovely game. But can you tell us what's been going on in your Metal Gear week? Well, I'm not going to spoil any story stuff. No worries. Good. Somebody, Good as soon as we posted the last podcast, within like 10 minutes, somebody emailed us like, are there any spoilers? Yeah. And I was like, no, don't worry. I, I will no. not spoil things. Um, no, because you hate it, don't you, Gareth? It's my worst fear enemy. and pet peeve and enemy. Yeah, just, ugh, spoilers are the worst yeah. thing. Um, so at the end, in no, um, for me, <laughs> the best thing that's happened um, in the past week of playing has been that I finally got to quiet. I assumed she was going to be there right Whoa, from the start. Oh, you're making it sound like as if you know people had to hold you back. <laughs> I finally got to her. She, she was trying. I finally got to her. <laughs> Don't hold me, but I finally got to her. She didn't stand a chance. Kojima held me back. Yeah, he by did. Making her like really like for me it was about twenty odd hours into the game before I even saw her once. Yeah, it was pretty weird. It was really weird, but the way you encounter Quiet is probably one of my favourite things that's ever happened in a game. Um, okay. Just it's so um it's so sort of uh, you could almost call it a non event. Yeah, it's kind of it's subversive. Like it's a big event in the game, but it it just springs it on you, and then yeah. that it's like you're in the middle of doing some other quest, which seems irrelevant. Uh, irrelevant, yeah. And then all of a sudden, all this shit starts happening. It's the game like subverts itself in a lot of ways by like you know making sort of side missions become important in a way that the regular missions are. I thought that, Gareth, because um, a side mission can suddenly become a main mission without you expecting it. So, well, basically, in most games, you have side missions that you kind of just checklist off, do you know what I mean? As yeah. if, you know, oh, these are side missions, I'll get these done, then I may return to the main mission. But what Kojima's done, the little brat, is he's uh, basically tied some of the main mission structure into side missions, which I think is absolutely brilliant. So you can't kind of just run through the side missions and hope to clear them before you can get onto the main story. It'll be like suddenly a side mission will weave into the main plot, which is fantastic. It keeps you on your toes. It does, and on your penis. And on your penis. Um, but yep. Quiet is amazing. Um, she is a sniper, as we all know from the trailers and such, but 
the way they describe her and why she can do the things she can do is fucking ridiculous in the best possible way. Um, at a certain point, you just like concede and you're like, fine, just I don't even care what you're saying right now. It's, yeah, it's stupid, but fine. Because, like I said last week, that's what grates with me a bit is that it's so well presented, it's so well acted, but it's still a Kojima script. Oh, it's Kojima as fuck, mate. If yeah, you yeah. had the section where they're sort of explaining to you kind of what she is, almost. Well, I think... I've just got to the part where you take her back to the base. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> to be honest, when they start talking absolute shit, my eye, my ears kind of just stop listening so much. Okay. Because I almost don't want to listen. Okay. Well, the explanations they give as to kind of what the fuck she is... Is absolutely insane, and I love it. It's fantastic, and she's really, really, really good in missions to the point where I don't mind running one thousand meters to the next objective because wow. I have quiet with me in normally, the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> normally I would just have D horse, just get on D horse, ride to the next place. But yeah. it's worth sprinting all the way there, taking like ten minutes to travel just because I get to have quiet with me, and I could swap them out and stuff, but. Just having quiet always there is it's actually really reassuring because she's so effective. Almost oh, too effective. I think Gareth is complimenting a female game character. <clears throat> yeah, but she is basically naked, so... Yeah, that's probably what he likes. Naked and doesn't speak. The camera work's disgusting. <laughs> naked and literally has what he likes about a woman in her name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The camera work <laughs> is very Metal Gear. No, but it literally just focuses on her breasts when yeah. she's laying on the floor and goes up her arsehole and comes back out of her <laughs> colon and then goes down her throat and then out of her minge. It's like, it's too much. <laughs> You've exaggerated a little bit. Come on, Gareth. If bit. he could, he would. <laughs> he could, if he wanted. Yeah. Yeah, imagine, imagine the stuff he cut out. Yeah. That oh. Konami made him say, okay, that's too far. Now we're much. just going to sack you because that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, th- th- this game, I can't see any other game being better than this game in the next three months. Like FIFA 16? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, it's um, got female themes now, come on. Yeah, I know. You know uh, you can love... I'm not one to call the game of the year before Realistic the end of the year. Ball, ball physics. We all know Can you? Means. I love balls. Tom. Yep. Does this not make you even a little tempted to get Metal Gear Solid? Even though with Gareth waxing lyrical about it, and you know what he's like? I do want Metal Gear Solid 5, yes. Because if it was a little indie homage to Metal Gear Solid 5, where you walked along a 2D landscape and you came across guards, but instead of killing them, you asked them their name and you found out about their family, and you had a sort of flashback where you played that guard's routine for the day. So you'd see he wasn't evil. He's still got a wife and kids, but he just has to support them. And then when you go upstairs to brush your teeth before you go to work, you look into the mirror and it's you. (laughs) (laughs) That is what Gareth would have liked. But he's actually loving Metal Gear, even though everyone else is. It's true. I fucking love it. This is one of those games that in 10 years, people will look back and go, Metal Gear Solid 5. Now that, was what started some shit. But Gareth, let's let's look at the traversal. Okay. Do you not find the open world 
very monotonous. No, because there's actually quite a lot of stuff to do. No, but listen, this is what I'm talking about. We, I know it's like Japanese developers and they've not got, well, they've hardly got any sort of history within open game worlds that I can think of. But it's very perfunctionary. It's not very intuitive. And I, what I mean by that is, you know, you're led down corridors. It's not that much different from Big Shell from Metal Gear Solid 2, if you look at it that way, in that what that was is it was sort of straight paths leading to another section of what it is. And now you've even got one part where you go past an enemy outpost or you've got a little road, a little path that goes off down the side of it, which means you won't confront that guard post. It's very kind of, I wouldn't say amateur, but it's very like my first open world. And I don't know if you find that. Um, I see what you're getting at, but I I don't think it's a problem because in that it's so obvious that you know each place, each road you travel down is going to have either a road that veers off down the left or veers off down the right, or goes down the middle that you can then encounter whatever guard post there is at the time. Yes. So, yeah, that's fine. I, I see what you're saying. But the fact that if you want to take that guard post down, you can. You can full anyone there. There might be some resources in it. There might be some yeah, medical plants I, nearby. I'm not, I'm not disputing like, that. And I, I think it's fantastic. I think that visually it's amazing. But what I'm saying is, it's kind of little interlinked tunnels. Well, they're not tunnels, they're tunnels without the roof, like narrow pathways that then open up into a level. And then you can go down another pathway and it will take you there. You never true, and there's only a few times where you truly feel as if you're in a wide open space. And that's the only problem I'm having with it. And sometimes traveling from one location to another on D halls, if it's like 2000. Uh, meters away or whatever it may be can become quite laborious and not very interesting after you've done it for a while stick with it it gets better that's what she said (laughs) (laughs) no that's what I said to her yeah she's like looking bored you go stick with it it's going to get better I promise I'm I'm going to come in a minute that'll be that'll be good (laughs) what on the podcast no you that's what you say to her that's oh okay sorry didn't mean to be rude it's all right, mate. No, when you come, it's going to get better for her. Nah, I just, just yeah, I don't. Know. I don't know if you understand how sex works, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you're one of these weirdos that come right at the beginning and then just carry on. Oh God! Have you uh, have you both still just got D horse or have you got D dog yet? Is it a spoiler to talk about that? I have what I believe to be all the buddies. Cool. I don't That's all he's sure. saying, Don. Yeah. Okay, doke. Do you have a dog in Destiny, do you? No, you don't. So, end it. <laughs> you just got or a Rubik's a cube that scans Stupid little corner. fucking mechanical cube that floats around your head. Oh, I'm Nathan Drake. Oh, I'm a cube. Oh, yeah, look at me. Oh, God. I'm an, I'm a, I'm a oh, I do cube. every game. Look at oh. me. Oh, I'm an AI robot. Oh, what am I doing? I don't like dwarves. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's that kind of thing, Don. Don! Uh, yeah. Alright, and the thing is, you may be playing the Taken King, or whatever it's called, but there is a vastly superior game sitting on that shelf in your local game emporium. <clears throat> Just treat yourself, Don. You have, you deserve it. Thanks. Alright, and I think me and you 
Gareth, we can, we can, like I said, the only problem I've got with Metal Gear Solid is the, the sort of environment where you can't really take shortcuts. It would be nice if, like Skyrim, you'll understand this as well, Gareth, if when you came to a mountain, same as The Witcher, there was an alternate path, like a gap between the mountains. Do you see what I mean? That would make it so much easier to kind of just go through very quickly. So it saves you some time rather than having to trun all the way around the mountain. Yeah, some Uh, of the bigger bases will have like some different ways to get in, but those are like through the mountain, but those are just for those bases. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But uh, another thing that annoys me, I won't say it annoys me, but it does um, my enjoyment is... (laughs) No, but it's my own problem in the fact that I can't play it for an extended period of time, and I've spoken about this before. Yeah. Because it is so intense, it is so taxing. It's it's not a game where I mean, if you wanted to play it as a straightforward shooter in a Rambo kind of way, then that's fine. But if you're going to do it the stealth way, it's very very slow. It's very very tense, and like I say, the rewards are endless when when you've actually sneaked into a base without. Uh, and, and you have to adapt to it. That's what I found amazing as well. In that, when I first started playing it, I think this happened to you as well, Gareth. When mm. you kept being caught, and you're like, "Why am I being caught? For fuck's sake!" I'm kneeling down. But then you find out that really your default um, sort of stance in the game should be on 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 your front, crawling. Yeah, you want to be going prone and crawling everywhere. Yeah, and that is the biggest tip I can give anyone because in most games you don't get a crawl button in Splinter Cell. If you're sort of crouching, you're not going to be seen. In all sorts of other stealth games, if you're crouching, you're not going to be seen. Even in stuff like if you hold down the right trigger to crouch, you just walk right past people and they don't. Yeah, you don't get seen. <laughs> if same in Shadow of Mordor, we've been conditioned to believe that if we're crouching, we're not going to be seen. But you have to get rid of that straight away in Metal Gear. If you're crouching, someone's just going to look at you and go, oh, there's a guy just crouching about, <laughs> even if it's like 30 metres away. Yeah. You think, oh, I'm safe. I can see him, but he can't see me. And you're just exposed. You'll get your head blown off. Yeah. So it's about knowing. And, uh, you know, I finally acclimatised to that. So I'm enjoying it a lot more. I'm not getting as stressed out. I'm starting to learn how to kind of take advantage of guard patrols and use sort of distractions and things like that and where they can and can't see me and where I can get the upper hand in certain situations. Yeah, it's just it, the game responds to you so well that yeah. you kind of feel like you have free reign to do whatever the fuck you want. Like we talked at length last week about like you had that mission where it was kill the three generals. And the last one, you were like, well, I'm just going to yeah. extract this one instead. <laughs> yeah, I just want him. Yeah, like it didn't even occur to you. And it just like, the mission was kill the generals, but instead you were like, I'm going to take this one alive. The fact that the game lets you do that is, like, that's a very small, ex- that's like 0.001% of the potential crazy shit you can do in this game. And the potential ways to play are numerous and insane. And it's incredible. It sure is. Um, Dom. Hello. What have you been playing this week? Are you you taking off? (laughs) Uh, No, it's the sound of my hoover. Um, I've just... Because my dog's been laying on my sofa while I've been at work, which is rude. And I've got my young child coming around soon. And I don't want her to sniff it. 
I mean the, the hair, not the dog. <laughs> um, so I'll be leaving you now, if you don't mind. Oh, Gareth. Yep. You want me to lay into him? About death. I want you to just insult him and tear it apart and just say, "Oh, oh is it an expansion?" But okay. After every five minutes. Oh, well, why does it think it can be a, a full price game? Um, also, maybe one comment about his height. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, just make him feel, because obviously he's really hyped about it. Yeah. Like we are about Metal Gear, because obviously he's been playing it, he's had a day off work, he feels really happy with himself, and he's made progress. And when say if he says something like, oh, I also got this new weapon, such and such, just go, oh, and things like that, like be really sarcastic. Right. All right, then? I'll, I'll try. Okay, and I'll, I want to hear it. I want you to make him feel like you're not interested at all in what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Don. And I, the reason I love you, Don, is because you've got a sense of humour. <laughs> like, if that was Guy, he would have been gone. We would have been like, we would have stopped talking. And be like, where's Guy? Oh, he's gone. But, you know, even though your opinions are wrong, Don you're still allowed to have opinions. You know your opinions are wrong. Yeah. Fucking yeah. hell. <laughs> okay, pulling down the curtain. <clears throat> On the way we do things. All right, so Dom. Like, Hello. Destiny 2. <laughs> Destiny 1.5. We are right. in year two of Destiny's 10-year plan. We are. Year how, two has begun. How is Destiny as a one-year-old? <clears throat> Uh, as a one-year-old, Destiny has grown up a little bit, um, and it's probably about time. I think a lot of people can agree, both people who play it and people who don't play it, but we like to talk about it a lot. That's one thing I've noticed about Destiny. People who don't play it, or people who used to play it and refuse to play it anymore, still like to talk about it and just normally slagging it off. Yeah, they don't. yeah, but, rightfully so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of changed a lot and also not changed a lot at the same time uh with the new taken king expansion um it's let's talk about the fact this is expansion to start off with because it's a bit weird because uh you can't buy vanilla destiny anymore um at all at all not um unless you happen to find a uh an old uh disc copy in a shop somewhere Every disc you buy from now on, every digital version that's available is Destiny the Taken King. Um, You cannot just buy Destiny. Um, And also... uh, um, So it's... It it really has kind of opened up a lot of stuff that blatantly should have been in year one. Um, As I think a lot of people have uh, (laughs) worked out. Wait, are uh, you saying Destiny wasn't perfect, Don? Well, no, but it was never perfect. Well, <laughs> I say perfect, but it wasn't. Um, uh, it wasn't uh, the game it should have been when it was released. Everybody knows this. Yes. Um, and what they've done now with the Taken King is it's, it's it's like when Destiny first was revealed and then released, everyone was expecting this huge kind of maybe not Skyrim sized adventure, but some huge kind of first-person shooter with an RPG-style huge quest-type thing and loads of shit to do and all that kind of stuff. They're expecting at least a Halo-sized game. Yeah, at least that. (laughs) Um, But obviously that didn't happen, and it was blatantly cut up 
into pieces and this piece is a significant this feels like it's one of the big story arcs that was meant to be in whatever the original plan was uh, and it's now been completed um so yeah it, that's kind of the fact they're calling it destiny the taken king and it's the only version you can get now kind of seems to give that away a little bit as well it's like they're acknowledging the fact that it's an entire game now it's kind right. of, you know it's very really weird um so yeah as well as the what have they changed what have they done they've uh, the update 2.0 that came out a couple of weeks ago um that put in place all the new mechanics um for the game, the way the new uh, light level system works versus X versus your XP, your experience points, your level, whatever the hell I'm talking about, your light level versus your actual um, level cap. Um, level cap's now 40, which you reach insanely quickly. You can do it in a matter of minutes almost. It's, in, it's insanely fast. You, I mean, I was, all my caps were 34. I did a load of bounties. You can hold 16 bounties now instead of 10. I'd had all of those done the day before Taken King was released, so I could just hand them in straight away and get the XP. <laughs> oh, done you crafty boy. Yeah, well, handed them in, right, and went from 34 to 36 and a half wow. immediately just by handing in those bounties. Um, so you can, yeah, you can imagine Why how much... Why they even bother raising the level cap if it's just going to be that easy? Well, they still, they still use the... It's, it is weird, but they still use the level... Uh, cap as a kind of artificial difficulty um, measurement system. For example, the Nightfall bosses, and well, Nightfall in total, uh, is level 41, which means you do you automatically do 20% less damage against enemies than you would do if you were at level 41 against those enemies. So they're automatically harder just by being one level above that you can't reach. But then they have the light level, which is a combination of your attack and defense across all your armor and your weapons. And that dictates how much defense you've got and how much damage you actually do. So even though you can be level 40, um, <clears throat> you could have a load of crap gear and only have a light level of, say, 180, which is terrible. Um, so you're going to find it insanely hard, even though you're only one level below level 41 enemies. Um, it's a slightly odd system. I don't quite understand. But, you know, it also provides a way for them to lock content behind stuff. Um, they've locked, so how can I put this? You still have the level, like certain things you have to be certain level to attempt. For example, the raid, which gets released later on tonight, you have to be level 40 to enter. Okay. But your light level will not matter. But you will find it impossible to kill things if your light level is below a certain amount. Um, okay. So it's, I, yeah, so it's like they, they've got two systems in play at the same time, um, which is a bit confusing. Um, but essentially all that really matters is your light level that's all that matters as soon as your light level is um, high you can do a shitload of damage um, and take take out basically almost anything um, it seems to work a bit better than the previous system because it's a slight gradient increase like if, you, if you've got full legendary armor but you only have your primary weapon's only a shitty kind of rare uh, rare, rare weapon. Right. You're not going to do miles less damage because all your other armor and your other weapons are bringing your light level up. So you're still doing a decent amount of damage, even if you've got only a shit weapon. Yeah, our voice has got a bit electric. <laughs> ah, oh, God. So I was watching a quick look of this expansion. Okay. It was probably like an hour and a half long video. And in that hour and a half... Like a let's play something. Yeah, yeah. They like started uh, with a 
an old character, but starting to take in King for the first time. Right. In that hour and a half, I saw probably a thousand percent more interesting cutscenes and character development than was in the entire of the whatever main first Destiny game <laughs> that I played was. Yeah, so, you'd be totally correct. So how... You must be pretty happy to finally have characters with personality in the game. Yeah, one of the biggest things of the story missions in Taken King are A, a lot more interesting um, and a lot more fun um, than the, the previous missions, and B, yeah, there's a shed load of cutscenes and um, characterization. You're quite right. Um, it's the, the kind of. Nathan Fillion is voicing uh, Cade 6. He plays a sassy Cade. robot. He does. It's pretty stuff, great. <laughs> and he's really good at it. Yeah, and there's loads of lines he has during like in between missions and stuff, and the rest of the game. But he's just sarcastic and he's funny, and the whole kind of shtick that he has between him and Eris Morn in the main mission um, is genuinely well written and well voice acted. It's you know, and you've got you actually get some sense of who these characters are for the first time ever, and you see other characters like Amanda Holiday, who's just a shipwright who previously has just been a an NPC who stands there and goes hello whenever you walk up to her and get a ship off her now she actually has a few lines and you kind of she you get some idea of what her character's like and it's it's quite amazing that they've managed <laughs> that they've actually got this in the game now and it makes a fucking huge difference it, it you know uh, they've done it with a few other characters that are in different cutscenes and it yeah it just makes you feel a lot more involved in the game a lot more it's a lot more interesting it's a lot funnier um uh, and it helps everything just gel together better. You've got more of a purpose going out there doing things, and you know, there's, you feel like there's other people back at the tower. Um, not it's not just you just playing a game so much. It's you know you're actually in a story for once. If Destiny had had this stuff from the beginning, yeah, I would have been a lot more interested in Destiny. Yeah, and it sucks because people remember back from the E3 2013, I think it was. And it's one of the things that people brought up the day that Destiny got released last year. Was there's a cutscene where you see Crow, who's the Queen's brother, pulling a gun on you and talking to you and telling you something that you know, like he's been stalking you or something, and you're telling him to put the gun down in your cutscene. Right. So there's obviously some characterization there between you know with other characters, but that scene never appears in Destiny at all. So it obviously got cut, which means there's a whole load of story and load of other cutscenes with actual characterization that were cut and we're never ever going to see them which means you know the fact that the game should have been like this from day one and it proves how good it is with them is just a fucking travesty to be honest yeah I think they what I would like to see from Bungie is for them to go back into the main game like levels 0 to 20 and add that stuff in retroactively. They don't have to make it, like, change any of the mission structure or anything like that. Just add in a couple cutscenes more, because the cutscenes yeah. there are are just you talking to what's the head guy. Uh, he just stands there and sells you, like, emblems and stuff, I think. Oh, well, mostly you're talking to the Cryptarch. To, to, um, oh, your Vanguard dude. Who's, uh, I think it's the Cryptarch, yeah. He, he's just like, oh, thank you, Guardian, for saving the Traveller, blah, blah, blah. Oh, the speaker, that dude. Most of the cutscenes are just him, you and him, slowly walking somewhere and he just talks. Like, Yeah, that's that's basically all the speaker does. That's all you do with him, yeah. Whereas and, the start of The Taken King has a massive space battle with a giant explosion in Saturn's rings or whatever that I saw. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> Where's yeah. that in the main game? Add in some cutscenes, that'd be fine. <laughs> Yep. The only other cutscene that's in the actual original game is 
uh, one where you go and talk to the queen, kind of what yeah. you think is the beginning. You, you think is about to be the beginning of the story expanding and you know some characterization, but it turns out to be like the second to last mission of the, of the base game, and suddenly you go, oh, I thought it was about to get going. It's actually ending. Yeah. So that's the only other time there's a cutscene in, in the game, and it's just it's it's so, it's so obvious how it's just got ripped out of it. It's just you can't rip something that massive out. Yeah, living a massive gaping hole. But uh, yeah, putting this stuff in thinking does help to uh, get you way more engaged in it. The missions themselves are way more engaging. There's the enemies are different. The taken enemies themselves got different skills. Um, you have to approach them differently. Uh, they have all kinds of new stuff. I won't spoil them for people, but they've got all different abilities. Um, and generally, it's good. It's a little bit spooky. Um, and I've, I've run, I ran through the first, uh, all the first, uh, through all the missions with Guy, good old Guy Whitlock. <laughs> Even he was is enjoying the game again now. He, he was, you know, he was absolutely hated it and he'd stop playing it basically. But he's like well back into it again. Hmm. Um, but running through it, I was like the first comment we were kind of making on the very first Taken King mission was, I feel like I'm playing an actual game now with proper mission design, and it's like I'm playing a Halo mission. It's like a bit, like a mission from Halo Four. Yeah. Um, and it's like yeah and that's good <laughs> it, it feels better if it was a game again um, the weird thing about the Taken is there's a and in fact a lot of the first missions is it, we were identifying things from other games that they've picked up and put in right. so like the stuff with the Cabal and the stuff you can now scan stuff as well as a lot more stuff you can scan with the Ghost and get bits of information from um, and that feels a lot like Metal Gear um, Metal Gear? Jesus um, Metroid Prime <laughs> Okay. Scanning stuff. It's very Metroid Prime-like. And in fact, the Taken enemies themselves, the way they move and the way they look, is incredibly reminiscent of the Ink from Metroid Prime 2. Right, yes. Because they're, kind of, they're, and they're kind of like, you know, the dark side of, you know, your world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's almost, it's almost identical to that. It's, it's as if this is a mixture of uh, Halo and Metroid Prime now. It's uh, the story missions anyway. Um, Interesting. Well, those are two fantastic games, so <laughs> it actually helps this game get better. So you, this isn't more of the same, in your opinion? Um, it, 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 the new missions are totally different, and they're all new areas and stuff. Then, after you've done the the mission of Taken King itself, and, and those new missions are done, you then open up a shed load of quests, which then open up other new missions, but on other locations. So there's a couple more on the on the Dreadnought, which is the new location, the uh, Oryx's ship. But then new missions open up on all the other planets as well as you go through all these different quests, um, which are part of the Taken King, and also new quests you get from all the Vanguard. The Gunsmith now has quests. Eris Morn has quests. Um, pretty much uh, the Speaker has quests. Basically, almost every other character in the in the tower. You, uh, you've not even mentioned quests are brand new in quests this are, quests expansion. Are yeah. Before um, bounties didn't, they weren't quests, they were bounties. They don't yeah, count. Go out, kill 50 things, come back and get some XP. Um, quests are of varying lengths. Some of them are like 15 steps long, some of them are six, depending on who they are and what they are. Um, and they'll always give you some kind of decent reward. It tells you what kind of reward you're going to get, but, but every step is a different thing to do, like um, getting certain, even a certain number of kills or uh, discovering certain things, going to certain places. Um, doing a new mission uh, it, it's, I mean there's so many of them, I mean I'm carrying 12 new quests at the moment on my warlock and I look at it and go I don't, there's, too, there's so many, I, I don't know where to start 
and you end up going through them until you find one that's so hard you can't complete it. Uh, which is another good thing about it. Some of the missions are now genuinely hard. Um, Yay! And you need to either be... You either have got to put in the time to level up your light level so you're much harder, or you need uh, to do it with a couple of friends. But some of them are really almost impossible to solo unless you're solidly towards, you know, rock hard. <laughs> yes. Um, there's crucible bounties as well. The crucible guys will give you crucible bounties, so if you're just into PvP, you're not missing out there. Um... Uh, that's, uh, it's hard to put into words how much stuff is in it. It's kind of overwhelming, um, the number of quests and stuff. You, know, you, you can you, you go through the, the original game again you, in, a, in the qu- new quest system that they've got, which changes up the way things are. Um, there's new... Obviously, no, the North is now doing the Ghost, but there's also... As well as wiping out Dinklebart and replacing all his lines, he's done a lot of new lines as well. Um, oh. Other lines which are kind of self-referential, so referencing... Um, stuff that you've done in the game before so it kind of feels as if more like you know he's been in the game before and you know he's done the missions that you've done before with him right like there's I mean one of the I mean you've opened Woken the Hive is probably one of the most overused lines or kind of almost a meme now in Destiny because you've gone to that mission so many times Mm -hmm. but now he'll kind of randomly when you just spawn on the moon on patrol he'll just say something like do you ever wish we hadn't woken the hive and stuff like that so he's kind of Aha. they've kind of referenced themselves and they're getting a little bit of comedy out of him um, he does sound a lot like Guilty Spark the more I listen to him <laughs> really really does but uh, yeah I'm kind of used to him now he's not bad and a lot of his lines are quite funny so you, get, you kind of go yeah kind of forgive him um, Jesus then on top of all those quests is the other huge thing about this uh, expansion there's another huge thing there's another huge thing um, which is the Dreadnought itself Um, as well as being a new location for missions and two new strikes both of which are good they've mixed up up the strikes the new ones so they're not just bullet sponge bosses they've got some other um, mechanics in the games in there um, which I won't spoil for people who haven't played it yet. It's about time, um, though. Those bosses were fucking poo. It's about time. Most of them are just bullet sponges, but these now they have actual other mechanics, um, as does the exclusive PS4 Echo Chamber Strike. That has other mechanics in it as well, which is good. Um, I generally like all the strikes, um, the new ones, um, and they've remixed some of the old ones as well, so when you go back through them now on the higher uh, higher playlists, higher-level playlists, they, don't, they now mix up... Uh, which enemies are in there um, they change uh, what kind of enemies spawn as well so you're not always fighting the exact same enemies in the exact same place and it can be any enemies as well like the Taken will turn up in some strikes that previously didn't have Taken um, and instead of a particular kind of mid boss halfway through there'll be a different one instead that's a Taken boss instead and stuff like that so even doing the strikes now is a bit more interesting because you've got other stuff um, to do the Dreadnought itself, as I was, I'll get back to that. Um, once you've unlocked all the missions, um, you've uh, seen off Oryx for the first time. Uh, you can then you set up the patrol beacons on the on the ship as our mission, and then you can patrol the Dreadnought. And there's a shitload of stuff to do. There's more stuff to collect. There's a shitload of hidden uh, chests which you can't just open. Um, there are standard loot chests which you can just open and get bits of materials out of as usual but there's also a ton of locked chests that won't open unless you have a specific item and you have to figure out a what these items are b where to get them um and c you've got to find the relevant chest that it opens so i found about five chests so far i found 
two keys, um, which once you find a key, it's not just a key. You have to do something to turn it into a key. So you've got to do other things before you can even do You can't just find a key and go and unlock a chest. You've got to actually find the chest, work out what it is you need to do to open the chest, find the thing that will turn into the thing that will help you to open the chest. <laughs> and all, So it's expanding so much of what you've got to do. That, and that's just one fucking chest. There's loads of these things, and they're hidden everywhere. Um, you're literally going to spend a lot of time just exploring Dreadnought and finding all the hidden stuff that is on it. And I've, it's it's insane, um, including a thing called Calcified Fragments, which is there's 50 of these things hidden on the Dreadnought. And fuck knows how I'm going to find all 50. I've found six so far. Um, yeah, and it's it's yeah. There's stuff that's invisible that only your ghost can see. So when you put your ghost away, this stuff vanishes again. So you've got to kind of remember where, like hidden platforms and stuff like that. So it's getting a lot more. Again, I think there's a little bit more of a, uh, a takeaway from uh, Metroid Prime with the uh, the hidden platforms and there's more platforming in that sense in it. Hmm. Um, I don't know. There's so many things. It's really hard to remember them all. The Court of Oryx, another new thing. Um, I haven't even done the Court of Oryx once yet. It's you find runes from killing certain types of enemies, and you can put them. Uh, you can kind of sacrifice one to a statue outside the Court of Oryx, and that will summon a particular boss enemy, and then trap you inside the Court of Oryx. Um, and you and whoever's around can then join together and start fighting that boss to get new rewards. Um, and there's tons of that stuff just finding the runes is a mission in itself because uh, they drop from certain enemies it's, it's just they all of this stuff I can't believe has come along in the one year since Destiny 1 launched <laughs> this is stuff they've had planned and in the works since day one since they started building Destiny mm-hmm. and they've obviously taken into account what people were saying in year one of Destiny applied that so some of the kind of the way things drop um, what the people like to do, what people don't like to do, and they've applied that to this expansion, uh, and then drops it on you. And it's it's just so much stuff to do. It's it's insane. I'm just going to end up being on the dreadnought looking for stuff because I like looking for stuff because I'm OCD. So <laughs> it's going to be terrible trying to find all these things, and especially when they're all fucking hidden and there's invisible platforms and shit like that. And oh uh, my god, yeah. Are you thinking about playing it right now? Uh, it's on my. It's switched on right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm staring at the dreadnought map right now. Okay. Well, I just have one more question for you about this, Don, which I think yeah. is the most important question that everybody wants to know. Yep. Where's the new loot cave? <laughs> uh, amazingly, there isn't one. There's always one. Come uh, on. Genuinely, isn't one, and you don't need one because they've increased the drop rate of engrams by at least a hundred percent, and that's not a joke. I've, I've. You get engrams way more often um, just from killing enemies. If you kill a, a, a major enemy, you're going to get uh, a blue engram at least, probably. If you kill any bosses, you are guaranteed uh, at least two uh, blue engrams or one blue and one purple. Um, there's also buffs you can add so that, <laughs> so that if you play more than one strike in a row, it increases your chances of getting more loot to drop from those enemies. Um, and there's stuff you can buy which will uh, you can buy from Zur who arrives today who arrived this morning uh, I think called Three of Coins if you equip that when you fight uh, one of the ultra bosses that increases your chance of getting 
more drops and the chance of getting an exotic drop um, from those bosses. And you can just buy like you buy them in batches of five. So I bought ten of them. Um, so just fighting, going into fight, going to boss battles, activate one of those. Chances are you're going to get an exotic from it as well. And there's 40 new exotics to, to get, which is more exotics than there were in the original game. <laughs> um, so I need to collect all of those as well, obviously. Um, it's, uh, it's huge. And the raid, the raid drops tonight at 6 o'clock. And having gone through some of the other missions, um, one of the strikes called the uh, Sunless Cell, you go through an area um, which just looks gigantic. All you're doing is passing through it to get to this, this crypt-type place. But it's right. fucking massive. Um, it's bigger than any other like one one any other single section of the dreadnought, and you think, well, the raid's obviously going to be going through here at some point because <laughs> um, it's huge. Um, yeah, so looking forward to that. Have you got your posse ready? Um, not enough of us at forty guys at forty. Um, Paul, I don't think's at forty yet because he's been working quite a lot. Um, Chris is at forty, um, and who else is playing? Gareth. Gareth's at forty. Not you, another Gareth. I know. <laughs> um, so that's five of us, um, and we'll need a sixth. But um, to be honest, if there's just five of us, we'll still go in there and have a look because it's new and interesting, and we want to see what actually goes on in there. Um, God, yeah. So if you've never played Destiny, um, you, you probably might want to play it now. Gotta say, Don, you've made it sound almost like an actual video game with all it the stuff you've said. Like an actual video game now. If you'd never played Destiny and li- you've literally, this is the best. You, you know, uh, you just just play it now. Cutscenes <laughs> and stories and characters and actual loot drops. Yep, it's a shame that the original stuff now. If you, if you've never played it before and you jump into it now and you actually play through from the very beginning, you're still going to be really disappointed by <laughs> the original story because that's obviously not changed. Um, the way the missions are put together now uh, are linked together with the quest system is much better so you'll probably enjoy it a bit more that way but the actual story itself just is obviously exactly the same there's no more cutscenes or anything like that um, they have also changed up um, what else have they changed up Jesus there's something else some of the other missions um, run slightly differently I've forgotten <laughs> how they've it's, there's too many things to remember but it's yeah even going through older areas there are just little tiny differences um, to do with the Taken being on Earth and, or the Moon or wherever um, and stuff like that so <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm missing something out Crucible. Crucible Crucible oh my god okay here's something really 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 fucking terrible um, about this and you know how I said that it is now Destiny the Taken King only yeah. It is not Destiny vanilla game plus the expansion. It's only the Taken King. Well, you really will feel this uh, when you look at the Crucible. If you have not bought the Taken King, you are now locked out of 90% of the PvP Crucible game <laughs> modes. What? Literally locked out. I looked at it um, before I um, opened the Taken King stuff, and I'm like, okay, that's blank, that's blank, that's blank, that's blank. What they've done, all the modes like Control, uh, Clash, Skirmish, Salvage and Rumble, uh, and Elimination, those are all now Taken King playlists. Um, You have to have the Taken King to play them. Wow. Which is ridiculous. All you have, if you do not have Taken King, is classic 6v6 team objectives. So you are doing Control and Clash, 
but it will mix up whether you're doing control and clash. Um, so you can't just choose to play control, for example. It will just mix it up as you go through. It's got mm. classic 3v3, which is a mix of skirmish and salvage. Um, again, you can't just choose to play skirmish or salvage. Um, and rumble on year one maps. So elimination is gone. You can't play elimination at all, which is one of the better ones because like, that's basically you, as soon as all three of the other team are dead, you win. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's round based. It's basically the Charles of Osiris, but without the Osiris rewards. Um, Rift is only available, which is the new game mode, which I'll talk about, which is on uh, the Taken King, so that's fair enough. Um, but yeah, it's it's really weird how they do that. Also, the Nightfall. The Nightfall is 100% locked out of people who do not have the Taken King. You cannot do the Nightfall because you need to be level 40 to get into Nightfall. And you can't do that unless you have a Taken King. Jeez. Um, <clears throat> so, yes. Um, it, I mean, whilst those modes are still in there, you're not, they're, in no, they're by no means as flexible as they were before. Um, you can't just choose to play exactly what you want to play, um, which is, I don't know, it, it's kind of messed up. Just You do feel like, well, if you've bought an expansion, then you should be able to play all the content that's in it. I agree. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is the final point I'm going to make on this, which is with the previous two expansions, um, House of War, uh, sorry, when Dark Below launched, when you went to Earth, for example, there'd be, every now and again, uh, Blades of Crota would spawn and a shitload of Hive would come out and, a, and an Ultra Hive uh, boss with a big sword would come out um, and you could kill him for various bits and for various reasons. Um, as soon as House of, um, House of Wolves launched, that stopped happening, and then those blades were replaced by patrolling wolves. So you'd have to hang around for a bit, and then a wolf patrol would turn up, and again, you've got an ultra boss that's on there to kill, and you had certain things to do, normally linked to the bounties um, from the Queen. So they've done the same thing now with Taken King. The wolf patrols are now gone, and they've been replaced with Taken um, patrols that arrive and then giant Taken bosses arrive and then links to quests and bounties and stuff um, but if you were playing House of Wolves merely playing House of Wolves you no longer have rewards for killing wolf patrols because wolf patrols no longer exist so all those bounties have completely gone and changed so the, the way the game plays for you even though you've not bought anything different has changed hmm. um, so if you liked doing those wolf patrol things tough, they're gone um, Great. That's really that's really good game design. It's it's weird. it's really really weird, and it's it's part of the way. It's because of how Destiny's built. Because it's an online game, 100%. You can't. They can't have it so different people are able to do different things in the same areas. Right. You can only, they can only have one set kind of bunch of things spawning in a certain way. Uh, you know, otherwise it would have to know who had what expansion. It would have to put everyone in servers with only that expansion. It would have to launch different things compared you know on different servers and it just it would become even more of a mess um but i still think yeah it probably it does suck for people who um who haven't bought the same king well that's probably not many people if they're still playing destiny probably not many people you're right <laughs> you are correct do you feel like you've got 80 quids worth of fun out of it so well, far <laughs> not yet okay but I'm going to be on this for quite some... I can tell I'm going to be on it for a long time. Just being on the Dreadnought Exploring is a game in itself. Um, and there's other stuff that I haven't even seen yet that I need to... You know, that I'll no doubt unlock as I go along. 
Um, can't even get into the nightfalls yet because I'm not high enough. Um, yes, but uh, yeah. Well, I'm very happy for you, Don. Well, I am, and, I'm, and also not because I do want to play other games. <laughs> yes, you do. But it's, it's you know. You've got I'm, crack. I understand. Yeah. Uh, I want to play multiple characters as well, but because of the way the fifty fragment collection thing works and the dreadnought. It's not per account, it's per character. So you can find 50 on each character, even okay. though it'll be the same 50. So, like, I've got six on my Titan right now, but I've only got three on my Warlock. But my Warlock is more leveled up, and I've done more missions on my Warlock, so technically I should just continue with my Warlock. But it means I've got to find more of these fragments, and I can't remember where they all are. One Google search, John. You know. No. <laughs> That's what a guy's going to do. Guy's going to basically wait until someone's discovered where everything is. Of course is. he is. All the hidden chests are, all the secret keys, <clears throat> and stuff like that. Um, yes. <clears throat> but they've upped the mechanics. They've done, they've done a good job of that. They would have thought, had they've to. They've thought about all the things that you can do. Like, just one example before I shut up about this. Um, last example. Uh, I'm going to call last it. Last example. One of the chests that you find that you can't open... Uh, you need like a key of smell a key of stench or wait something. smell <laughs> a key of stench yeah a key of smell and basically when you get there you do you uh, actually shit onto the connect and then it that, that would work um, three invincible thralls spawn uh, on the platform uh, they crawl out of this kind of black watery stuff and attack you and they're called blind thrall and they're invincible you cannot kill them um, the chest is called and says it needs a key of of um, key of stench, these thrall are blind. You know, you can put two in together and work out what needs to happen in order for you to get to open that chest without getting murdered. You know. Okay. Um, so those sorts of mechanics have been put across the whole the whole thing in the dreadnought, um, and it's a good thing because you've got to do. There's a lot more puzzle solving and stuff like that. It's yeah, it's stuff like that. It sounds like, in a general term, that I'm going to put it in. Bungie are actually trying. Yes. <laughs> and I think that'll do it for this week's podcast. I think it will. I probably rambled on far, far too long about that. Um, hey, me and Rob had a long time to talk about Mark Gear Solid last week. This is your week. Well done. <laughs> you made it through a year. You've got the rest of your life to play Destiny now. Yep. Well done, Don. There's so, more ghosts as well. Go find more ghosts. <laughs> I found about ten more ghosts already. It's ridiculous. Anyway. That, that's... <laughs> That's a lot of ghosts. Right, that's going to do it for this week's Game Central podcast. I've been Gareth Williams. Uh, and I've been playing Destiny. <laughs> yes, you have, uh, John. <laughs> and uh, Rob Walker uh, has his family to see to. I guess we're not important enough to uh, to ditch his family for, which is disappointing. Oh, well. See you next week. <laughs> see ya. <laughs>